A generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings.
Would you let the river of thanksgiving flow? You can speak in your known tongue. You can speak in unknown tongues. But let's bow before him and worship. <laughs> is it not because of your mercy that we are still standing is it not because of your grace that we can pray and sing are you not the one who has drawn us who has called us who has named us who has helped us God all over the room Wave your hands to him. Father, we worship you, Amanda Hosea Kabatas. Thank you. We honor you, God. We lift our hands in awe of you. You deserve all the worship. We lay our crowns, our titles, our accolades. 
our achievements. You healed all my diseases. I call you God and God alone. You sent your son, you set me free. You are God and God alone. Lord, you made a way where there was no way. You are God and God alone. You see. the deaf to hear again you make all things new you make all things new again you took us from the back you placed us in front we pray together glorifying with a shout with a clap with the tears in your eyes give a praise lift those hands throw back your hand and give him a shout of praise Isaiah chapter 9 Let's read together from the second verse through the seventh verse. We're going to read clearly. We're going to read convincingly. Read, and as you're reading, try to imagine and understand what the text actually says. Here's what it says. The people, let's go, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. You have multiplied the nation and increased its joy. They rejoice before you according to the joy of harvest. As men rejoice when they divide the spoil, for you have broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian. Verse 5. For every warrior's sandal from the noisy battle and garments rolled in blood, will be used for burning and fuel for fire. Verse 6. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called. Wonderful. Counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government. Peace. shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, order establish from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord's Father, we thank you for your blessing upon the word. Our hearts are illuminated by his spirit. Thank you because you are breathing freshness over our lives, granting us a new understanding of the gift of Christ 
that will explore the many facets, many angles, many depths, realms of our inheritance in him. And that his glory and his beauty will shine forth through every area and aspect of our lives. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Let your amen be loud in my prayer. So many of us are very are used or familiar with uh, Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. For unto us a child is born, a son is given. But for you to really understand the weight and the mag magnitude of what is said in verse 6, you need to start from the people who walks in darkness have seen a great light. Now, how many of you know that even though you might be intelligent and brilliant and articulate, when you're in darkness, you cannot function optimally? I don't even ever happen to you when you're a little child or maybe even as an adult. Uh, I'll tell two stories. One of the stories was that my brother, when we were growing up, he went into the store, what we used to call the pantry. Did anybody call the store the pantry? Pantry? Nobody ever called the pantry. Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Oh, my gosh. Pantry. Very British. <laughs> yes, yeah, so the, the store. What do you call it? Or room. <laughs> Pardon? Store room. <laughs> and so he went there and he took uh, a cup of substance. When I say substance, don't think uh, cocaine or anything like that. And he put water in it. Now there was no light. So he began to drink it because he thought it was Gary that was drinking. And guess what it was? Elubor. <laughs> that is yam flour, right? Which he used for amala or Amola, as the case may be. Now, he was not blind, he was not dumb, he was not stupid, but because there was no light, he took a Lubor instead of Gary. Isn't it interesting that when man walks without the light of God, you will call a joker your boyfriend. When it is that you don't operate with the light of Christ, you will walk in fornication and call it fulfillment. You will take a drag of weed, which is for goats, and, <laughs> and call it pastime. Look at somebody say, you need light. How many times is it in your life that you took the elubo? And one of the things about the elubo is that when you dip your hand inside it, it stains you. Because when there is no light, the things that you thought were going to gratify you became, become stains on your soul. The things that you're trying to uh, find or to use or leverage for relief will become the reason why you feel dirty, why you feel stained, why you feel polluted. You thought they were going to help you feel like a better person, but at the end of the day, you discover that they hurt you even more. Look at somebody say, I've seen a great light. Now, don't forget that the shift in their lives was not just about the fact that they were walking, was that the fact that they had seen a great light. He said, upon them who dwelled in the land of the shadow of death. In other words, the Bible equates darkness to the shadow of death. Darkness is the shadow of death. Darkness is the shadow of death. Whenever there is darkness in my life, death is talking. Death is around the corner. Death is nearby. But I'm grateful to God that the Bible does not say that people went to go and look for the light. Because that first line may give you the impression that these people went to go and look for the light. But the next line actually says, those who dwelt in the shadow of death, the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. So I'm grateful to God that I was not the person looking for God. It was God that came looking for me. Is there anybody who's grateful? That the day you got saved, some of you, you know, you were not planning to go for that crusade. You were not planning to go for that Bible study. If somebody ministered to you by the roadside, some of you abused the person, you yapped the person, you kicked the person, but the grace of God snatched you against your own stubbornness and pulled you into the center of his will. Who is grateful that God's grace was more stubborn than your stubbornness. Who is grateful that God's resolution, that the grip of grace, in other words, come, okay, some of you, you, you try to pull away. You were trying to pull away when grace found you, but you were time bound. The grace of God from eternity pulled you in the right direction. The Bible says that when you were dead in your trespasses, because he was rich in mercy and because of his great love, he saved you. Is there anybody who's grateful? You were smoking weed and sleeping around or hanging with the boys and doing nasty things but the grace of God 
saved you. I'm not talking about saving you from six years in jail, saving you from marijuana addiction. I'm talking about saving your soul from hell. Who is that grateful child? Who, who is that grateful person? I can't see anybody expressing their excitement and their fulfillment. He says the light has shined upon them. Can you give God just about 15 seconds of thoughtful and thankful praise for the gift of salvation? I know you can shout louder when you're watching the Premier League. You can shout louder when you're watching Telemundo. You can shout louder when you're going through Esquire magazine or Gossip magazines. Can you give God praise? Upon them, the light has shined. Upon them, the light has shined. You couldn't find the light, but the light found you. It was not the lost sheep that found the shepherd. It was the shepherd that found the lost sheep. Light. God found you. I think that one of the reasons why some of us are familiar with the power of God is that many times we forget where the Lord found us. Because if you had died at the place where the Lord found you, you will not be certain of your eternity with God. Some of you... God found you. <laughs> Ask your neighbor, where did God find you? <laughs> Some of you just laughed because you didn't even want to ask. Someone said, inside well. <laughs> inside life. You were chopping inside life, but you were inside death. Because that life was death. Ask your neighbor, eyeball to eyeball, where did grace find you? Some people are just smiling like, I can't even tell you. Because some of you are like, after grace found me, I still went there. <laughs> Come on, people. Then grace came again. Grace is more stubborn than your willpower. There's a reason his mercies are new every morning. So no matter how old you become overnight, new mercies will find you. Yeah. Isn't it interesting that in the deepest place of the temple was the mercy seat? It's only mercy that's giving you a seat though. Because the Bible says if the Lord will regard iniquity account iniquity, who shall stand? Talk less of sitting. You're not getting that. You can't even stand. The reason you can stand before God because the Bible says that God dwells in unapproachable light. Do you know the only reason you can stand before God? Because you have put on the robes of righteousness. You are clothed in Jesus. And Jesus is made of exactly the same substance as the Father. So the consuming fire that would have consumed you in your carnality cannot consume you because you're in Jesus. made of the same essence the Bible says in him is the fullness of the Godhead bodily and you are complete in him it says that when that happened he multiplied the nation and increases joy I'm not gonna deal with that because I dealt with that in the first service they rejoice before God according to the joy of harvest as men rejoice when they divide the spoil in other words the entrance of Jesus triggered joy he gave a genuine reason to be deeply grateful and joyful why because man was lost depraved gone condemned if i can use the word damned but jesus coming into the world god's gift is not just the gift of an identity is the gift of himself the greatest gift anybody can give you is not the money they make it's the gift of they themselves God didn't just give you the gifts of the Spirit. He gave you himself. My goodness. He didn't just give you money. didn't just give you talents, abilities. He gave you himself. He gave you. Somebody's getting it now. He gave you himself. He literally became that gift. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15 says, Thanks be to God. For his unspeakable gifts. In other words, words are not sufficient to articulate the weight and the worth 
of the gift of Jesus. Look at somebody say, I'm grateful for the gift of Jesus. It brings about joy. Next line says, for you have broken the yoke of his burden. I want to spend some time here. You have broken the yoke of his burden. And the staff of his shoulder and the rod of the oppressor. What has this got to do with salvation? Now, don't forget this. What does the words in Isaiah chapter 10 verse 27, what does it say about the anointing and the yoke? What does it say? In that day, what will happen? The in that day, the burden shall be removed from his shoulder and the yoke from off his neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the because of the anointing so many times when people exegete the text they're like the anointing of God is here and it's going to break the yoke and I understand that but do you know something about the entrance of Jesus Jesus is called Jesus the Christ or the Christos the Christos means the anointing the anointed and the anointing the anointed one and his anointing the word is saying here that the birth of Jesus meant that the yoke and the burdens of the world the guilt of condemnation the weight of fear the weight of intimidation do you know there are many rich people who have a lot of money in the bank account but they have a lot of fear in their hearts are you aware that there are people who drive cars that people desire and long for but there is no peace that they cannot sleep he's saying that the entrance of Jesus is not just here to make us feel good he's saying if there is any burden and if there is any yoke because he's not just releasing the anointing he is the anointing he is the anointed one that when Jesus breaks loose or breaks forth in expression in the heart of a person it does not matter what the burden is from your past from your history from your family from your environment the word says the birth of Jesus is destroying and that thing I don't know who has been struggling with the mind or the attitude or the psychology of a restriction in your life because Jesus is born in your heart you are rising beyond the circuit you are rising beyond the pullback you're rising beyond the physical hurdles in the name of Jesus he said you have broken the yoke of his burden what it means is that because you are in Christ what dealt with your mother will see you and bow what dealt with your father will see you and bow he said you have broken the yoke of his burden many people don't understand or realize that this is connected to the birth of Jesus before Jesus everybody was bowed down before Jesus everybody before the entrance of Jesus everybody was struggling with flesh the Holy Spirit didn't dwell inside of anybody he will come on top of them and then use them on an assignment but when Jesus came into the earth it was the legal premise for the government of God to come into the earth it was the sign it was the seal it was the endorsement that the kingdom of God is now amongst men I proclaim concerning you with this new understanding the things that buffeted you that broke you that held you that short-circuited you they are overturned in the name of Jesus that amen is not believing enough help me go to three people tell them I'm not carrying the burden anymore I'm not carrying the burden anymore some of you still look like the burden is on you I'm not carrying the burden anymore he said he's broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder and the rod of the oppressor the breath of Jesus means nothing can oppress you any longer my God who am I preaching to this morning it means nothing can oppress you any longer so you were sleeping and one nasty witch was pressing you against the bed and then you woke up and you were sweating and you were perspiring and you were unsure that devil is a liar somebody threatened you at work two weeks ago and said you were not making the 2020 we reverse it we overturn it the rod of the oppressor is broken in fact the reason it speaks about joy in the verse before this is that because this has happened you will rejoice naturally what it means is that a bullet can be fired at you but it will not hit you for no weapon formed against you shall prosper and every 
Do you know what it means? Tongues can be as destructive as weapons. So he's saying whether they are weapons or whether they are tongues, you will condemn it. Why? He has broken the rod of the oppressor. Every oppression you felt in 2019 out of ignorance, out of unbelief, out of not walking in the true identity, we proclaim it is broken in the name of Jesus. Oppression in your health, oppression in your body, oppression in your soul, oppression in your sexuality. We break it, we affirm that it is destroyed. High five somebody with a palm burning high five and tell them the yoke is broken. The yoke is broken. What is the yoke? Let me explain it a little bit. Josh and Jason come. They are oxen. Okay, can I get a rod or a stick? Is there a rod or a stick? Is there anything long? Stand together. Stand together. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Anything. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That's too short. But let's say there is a burden that they are carrying. That there is a burden that they are carrying. Hold it. The carrying. It's not really a burden, <laughs> but it's a burden they are carrying. And then there is this rod of oppression. Everybody who is in sin is yoked. Yeah. Is yoked to sin. Everybody who is in sin, tall, short, fat, slim, dark, white, intelligent, yoked to sin. There's an agreement, a code to sin. And there is the rot of the oppressor. Where sin determines where they go. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Keep going, keep going. They cannot help themselves. You can turn back. They cannot help themselves. They are being tormented. They are being afflicted. They are being tormented, afflicted, guilt, condemnation, fear, doubt, sickness, disease, sadness, madness, insanity, depravity, degeneration, depression. He said that the first thing God did is that he has broken the yoke. What, what it means is what used to tie me to it doesn't tie me to it any longer. In other words, this is not my willpower. This is his will and his power. So any believer who's struggling with sin is not under a yoke. It's under ignorance. Are you understanding that? The pool power of sin has no authorization over the believer. Not only does it have no authorization, God took the rod of oppression and he broke it. That means any oppression you're going through is artificial, self-induced, or based on ignorance. But if you know in 2020, because Jesus is born in your heart and you're walking in that consciousness, you will not be oppressed any longer. You will not be tied to it any longer. You will not be limited by it any longer. Somebody shout yes. Shout yeah, 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 yes. line before he speaks about Christ being born sister peace is good to see sister faithful remember sister faithful the next line is that as in the day of Midian that's when Gideon fought the Midianites for every warrior's sandal from the noisy battle some people don't even know who was this particular verse all about let me explain it <laughs> for every how many of you don't know what it means just, just be honest okay some of you know what it means this next line. For every warrior's sandal from the noisy battle and garments rolled in blood will be used for burning and fuel for fire. What does it mean? What does this mean? Because people have read they understand it. What it means is whenever people were fighting back then, Maleko <laughs> Sabaya. Whenever people were fighting wars and all of them, they returned home. Some of them will return dead. The bodies will be carried back home for the people to have their rights and say their farewell. You will not lose anyone. You will live out your days. Fulfill divine purpose. The reason you will live long is not because you want to enjoy the earth, but because you want to fulfill your part of the assignment that God has preserved you for. So they will take them home. Now some of them will not die, but they will be blooded. They will be injured. They would have had some stabs here and there. Some gashes, some slashing here and there. And their bodies will be, or their clothes will be in blood. <laughs> blooded. Soaked. 
Now what they would do, bury those people, and then they will use the garments that rolled in blood, filled in blood, soaked in blood, they will burn it so that the memories of those losses and those deaths and those disappointments will not haunt them anymore. In other words, the clothes that carried on the afflictions of the past, the things that carried on the losses of yesterday, God is saying, I'm going to burn them in the fire. And it's after that that it says, unto us a child is born. In other words, everything that reminded you of the losses of the past. Some of y'all didn't get this now. Everything that reminded you of how much blood you lost. How much of your life you lost. How much of your dignity you lost. How much of struggling failed. That in spite of how good you were in battle, you still suffered some losses. God says, I'm going to roll all of that. And I'm going to throw it. He's talking about the warrior sandals. The places you went to. The places where you were defeated. He's saying in all those things, I'm going to roll it and burn it up in fire. You will not remember the reproach of Egypt any longer. If it's one person who got it, that's good. But I need more people to get it. I need more people to get it. Because the child, many of us, is that we've received the child that is born, but we're still carrying blooded clothes. We've seen the child that is born, but we can't embrace the fullness of the good news of his arrival. Because they're like, God, see my sandals. My walk is not straight. God said, I'm going to burn that history. Burn the consciousness of those blooded clothes. All those things. I'm going to burn them all up. I'm going to burn them all up. I'm going to burn them all up. And they will be filled for fire. In other words, the things that you regret, I will use them to stir up intensity and devotion in your life. The things that you're wishing, I wish I didn't lose blood. God said, I will use the blood and the fire. I wish my clothes were not turned. I will use that addiction and that loss and that delay as the word in somebody's evangelism story to let them know if God brought me through the battle God is bringing you through the battle and God is going to see you through can anybody give God praise finally it says for unto us I wish I could go to Luke chapter 2 but I can't go there because in Luke chapter 2, the word says that the angel, an angel appeared to shepherds whilst they were taking care of sheep. And said, I bring you good news of glad tidings. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 un says, unto us. Unto us. Unto us. Unto us. Look at somebody says, unto you. If somebody brought a parcel to your house and you're living in this house with maybe three cousins, four siblings, five people, seven strangers, <laughs> and the gift is not labeled, will you just go dig into it, tear it up? Come on. Is that what you're going to do? Most of you will not do that. Tell me, what are you going to do? You ask or keep or? Hope for the owner's shop. Generally, you're going to be hesitant yeah. to engage it. Talk to me. Yeah. This is why many believers are hesitant to engage the gift of Christ. Because you don't know that it's unto us. So you think it's unto the Jews, unto the pastors, unto the good boys. Unto the clean girls, unto the virgins, unto the tithers, unto those who get it right. But in Luke, it says, great joy unto all men, all peoples. This gift is not just a collective gift, it's a personal gift. You are not saved by the name of your church. You're not saved paraboistically. Paraboistically. Yes. Communally. Barakbo. Barakbo means add the bodies together. 
Many of us are hesitant because we think, unto Moses, unto Paul, unto Peter. What does it say? Unto Christ is not just God's gift to the world, it's God's gift to If there were, was only one person on earth, Christ would still have come. Unto us. So why are you so hesitant to touch the gift? Like, I, I don't know who this gift is for. I, I don't know who owns this gift. Let me be careful around it. I, I don't want to tamper with it. I don't want to, I don't want to tamper with it because I'm not from Florida. So you all didn't get that, it's okay. Some of you don't, you're, you're hesitant. Christ wants to embrace you. Like, I, I'm not good enough. Yes, you're not. But it's embracing me that makes you good enough. Your sin does not make Christ bad. His righteousness makes you good. Who are us? Let me say that that way. We are the liars. Let every man be a liar. And let God be true. Who are us? We are the schemers. The manipulators. The rebellious. The envious. The jealous. The doubtful. The hypocritical. The religious. The legalistic. The judgmental. The cynical. The critic, who are us? The us looking at me like I'm not talking to them. <laughs> this poetry, who are us? The bald, the Afro wearers, the arrogant, the, the arrogant, the arrogators, abrogators, who are us? The us who sometimes forget who we were before he found us. The us who treats the gift with disdain sometimes and we think everybody has it. Or everybody has received it. Who are us? The us who sometimes are so self-conscious that we don't even realize we're being so selfish and sometimes silly, whining and complaining about things that we ought to be grateful for unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given Christ is not alone that will be retrieved after a term of contract Christ is a gift that's been given for all eternity that's why it says whoever believes in me will not perish but he will have everlasting life is anybody grateful for the gift of Christ can somebody raise their hands and just glorify God can can we glorify God for the gift of Christ oh come on come on can you glorify God don't don't be spoiled don't be entitled in your own words thank God for the gift of Christ in your own words Oh, come on, you're too quiet. Thank God for the gift of Christ. Nobody else. Need nobody else. The battle is over. That's what that verse means. He has rolled the garment soaked in blood and has thrown it into the fire. I'm not holding the emblems of your losses against you. That's what it's saying. That all the struggles, all the agitation that still landed you in trouble, I'm rolling that chapter, rounding it off, I'm burning it. Because now a child is born. It's the dawn of a new day. But need nobody else. Hallelujah. Can you thank him? Shall not always the end of 
need nobody else. We need nobody else. We need nobody else. We need nobody else. Nobody else. Nobody else. Nobody and thank him. Let every voice be lifted. Everybody stand. Let every voice be lifted. Thank him for the gift. You don't have to fight the battles again. You just need to learn to walk in the victory of Christ. synagogue the angel appears in the open field ordinary men shepherds they're not schooled we're not told you're schooled in the Torah they're not we're not told and that's the part of the good news that the good news is so available for everybody else that you might feel like I don't deserve a seat in the synagogue but the fact that you don't have a seat in the synagogue does not mean you don't have a seat at the right hand side of the father the light came outside. Some of you this morning, you are outside the ambit. You feel like an outsider. You feel I don't deserve this. Is it really possible that my guilt and my shame and my condemnation can be lifted in a moment? Yes. Is it possible that I can become brand new in a moment? Yes. And I believe that for somebody right now is that moment so if you're here this morning you want to receive the gift of salvation the gift of Jesus Christ I want you wherever you are place your hand on your chest can we close our eyes and just honor God with the privacy of this moment gentle on the music gentle And receive the gift of Jesus unto us not unto them unto us I am one of us you are one of us you are one of us you are one of us you may have made some mistakes you had some twists and some turns you got distracted you tripped you fell you missed the mark you lost the way but you're one of us and everybody can we just say this together oh God Thank you for your amazing love and for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, that I'm included in your salvation plan. 
today I respond to your redemptive love I believe with all my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and so I embrace his life thank you that my name is written in the book of life thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit guiding me every day in every moment of this earthly life and I glorify that at the end of my time here I will spend eternity with you what a joy what a joy what a joy let's celebrate him what a joy what a joy the generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings to join this growing community of kings visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566 one more thing someone you know needs this kindly share this out